0: our children dismiss and we get started this morning, go ahead and flip to the book of Romans. We'll be in chapter 5, starting in verse 1 this morning. Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 1. Um, this morning, we're going to be talking about the start. We're going to be talking about faith and, and what it looks like to be justified by faith. And then we're going to see some implications of that or some benefits that... Um, we receive uh, Lord uh, from that. Um, and so that's where we'll be at this morning. I uh, hope everybody's doing well. hope everybody's excited about being here. Um, just uh, it's fall time, you know, the leaves are falling. We were cleaning up some leaves yesterday and, you know, everybody's got their pumpkin spice out and everything else. And just, we're just thankful for Lord, uh, just the, the way that the seasons continue to move on. And so, uh, we just, uh, go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Just thank Him for the chance that we got to be here and, uh, to be in His Word this morning and we'll get started. Father, thank you for this day and we thank you, Lord, again for, uh, Lord, just how good you are and, uh, Lord, just the way you provide for us and care for us. And, uh, Lord, we just confess, uh, Lord, we don't deserve any of it, but, um, you are good and uh, lord you are uh, just an amazing god and father we uh just cannot comprehend the love that you share us and so father we uh lord, we just pray as we go into this time where we uh, look at your word lord i just pray that you would uh, lord just be with me lord i pray as i walk through your word lord that you would uh, lord not let let nothing come out of my mouth lord that um, that you do not desire for us to hear this morning and father i pray that you open all of our hearts and minds and um, lord just help us to be ready to respond to your word faith and obedience and uh, father we do pray lord that um, you just free our minds from all the distractions lord that we are faced with every day uh, lord everything going on in our lives right now lord i pray that you just help us to be focused on your word Uh, this morning and uh, lord we just want to give you all the praise the glory and the honor for uh, lord just everything that you have done including this opportunity in jesus name we pray amen all right so romans chapter 5 starting in verse 1 says therefore since we have been justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And we're going to pause right there because we see that first word that appears there in the passage is therefore. And so anytime we see that, we need to know why that's there. What, what, what is that pointing us back to? What is that referencing to? So when Paul uses that word, therefore, this time he's referring back to what he's previously discussed in the prior four chapters, okay? And just to kind of give us a brief summary, uh, in those past four chapters, Paul has, in, in in chapter one, you know, basically started out by explaining to us that, um, you know, that that. He's not ashamed of the gospel that, that it is the power of God unto salvation. And he goes on to begin, he begins to lay out the gospel is what, is what he does. And, and, you know, Romans has been known as kind of that book on salvation. And so he's laying out the gospel in chapter one. And he starts kind of towards the end of chapter one by explaining to us, um, that we've all fallen short of, of God's glory. And he'll continue that thought on all the way through, you know, chapter three. And, in chapter 4, you know, he begins to explain to us that faith, okay, faith is is the key component to our salvation, all right? If we were to give a one-word summary, all right, on what it takes to be saved, what it takes to surrender to the Lord, it would be what? Faith, right? We, we've, we've heard that. We know that, okay? And so, what we see started out is he says, therefore, he's pointing back to all of those things that he's previously talked about. And he says, since we have been justified by faith, okay, we have peace with God. So he, he he makes this statement of being justified by faith, okay? Now, it's important that we understand, like, what this means. This is one of the key components to our faith. This is one of the key components to Christianity is understanding that we are simply justified by faith, one of the things that Paul continues to point out and, and show us in this in this text and, and the book of Romans as a whole that man it doesn't matter like how hard we have worked, it doesn't matter how hard we try. it doesn't matter what our best efforts are. At the end of the day, we are all guilty. Okay, of sin. Right, we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of that mark. We like none of us. We add all of our good works together. Guess what? Still guilty. Okay, so we and our best efforts have no shot. We have no chance of ever earning or working our way towards salvation. Okay, the key component to us having a relationship with God. The key component to us knowing God. The key component to us. Being saved or having a saving faith is having faith in God, okay? And so he refers back, and then he explains that we are guilty, which equals all right, unrighteous, all right? That's, that's what we are apart from Christ. We're unrighteous, okay? And so as he's talking about being justified by faith and, and, and us having this genuine belief and this genuine faith in Jesus We are made righteous, okay? So when he says we are justified by faith, we are moved from being unrighteous, okay, to being made righteous, all right? Why? Nothing that we did, all right? All because of the work of Jesus, okay? So that statement, justified by faith, that's what he's trying to communicate. That's what he's explaining, okay? That we are now justified by faith. Through our faith in Christ and His work and His completed work on the cross. Okay? And so that's where we find ourselves. And it says, um, justified um, literally means to be found righteous. And we are found righteous only through faith. And it reminds me of what is said in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast, okay? And so, as we understand that, and as we realize that, okay, and as we as we get that justified by faith portion, now we're going to move in and we're, we're going to see, all right, we're going to look at six, okay, benefits or six implications all right of being justified by faith this morning all right and the first one we see right here in the first verse okay it says therefore since we've been justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ so the first one that we see is that we we now have peace with God Okay, in in order for us to really understand like the the full implications of that, and understand the you know what that means, all right, that we ha- now have peace with God, we, we have to understand where we came from. We have to understand where where we were prior, all right. A lot of a lot of times we will come under this conclusion, all right, or a lot of people may believe that prior to us being saved, or prior, prior to us having faith in Christ, that we're just kind of neutral right we're not really you know saved but we're not you know really against god we're not really opposed to god we're not you know opposed to salvation or faith or anything that jesus has done we're just kind of in the middle we're just kind of neutral all right but scripture would tell us that prior to being justified by faith that we were in opposition to god okay and so ephesians chapter 2 says this it says And you were dead in the trespasses and sin in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work, and the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and mind, and we were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. All right, so that passage makes it very clear. That's one of those, you know, you don't see that one on a coffee cup very often, right? Because it's one of those that we don't like to think about. We don't really like to focus on. But that's who we were, okay, apart from Christ. All right, sons of disobedience, children of wrath, right? These are all enduring endearing terms, right? No, they're not. But that's who we need to realize like that we were apart from Christ. Without Jesus, that's who we are. Alright. we're walking in opposition to him whether we realize it or understand it or not we are opposed to God if we do not have faith in him and what he's done and so we must understand where we come from and not only that but Paul makes this clear uh, even in, in chapter one of Romans and and he's you know he explains to us that Man, not only are we walking in opposition to God, but we, we've got a judgment coming, all right? We, we have a day coming where we're going to answer for that opposition. Like, it's not going to be a pretty day, all right? I mean, we, we see examples of the wrath of God being poured out on man all through Scripture, all right? And it ain't pretty, all right? It ain't pretty. There is penalty to be paid for walking in opposition to God. Okay? And so that's where that's where we were, all right, apart from him, without faith in him. That's where we were. And so he, make, he makes this clear. But now because of Jesus paying the price, he says, we have peace with God. See, Jesus goes to the cross and Jesus pays that penalty, all right, for the sin that we've committed all right we oftentimes we, we read the story of the crucifixion okay and we read that story we think man how awful were those religious leaders all right that put jesus on the cross how how awful were they that 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 carried that out those roman soldiers and things that carried that out that in jesus i want you to understand something it was our sin that placed him there like our sin had to be dealt with it had to be paid for Okay? It wasn't an act of man. God willingly laid his son's life down at the cross, all right, and allowed himself to endure that so that our penalty could be paid. Like the 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 penalty that we owe, the punishment that we were due for our sin, like that's poured out on Jesus at the cross. Okay, and because of that, because of that act, like we now have peace with God. Okay? So that's just the first one that we see. You know, thinking about that, like we th- we think about there's a lot of talk in the news, and you know, through history, like we look at history like, of like being at war with someone, like being at war with another country, or you know, and and there's you know there's a lot of people like I, I don't I don't really get excited about thinking about being at war right with anyone, but if there's anyone I definitely would not want to be at war with, it would be the creator of the world, right? And so we are now at peace with God because of what Jesus has done. All right, So it's an incredible gift, and that is the first one that we see. Secondly, we're going to see in verse 2, we have access to His grace. Look at verse 2. Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. As we pause right there in that verse... Again, he brings up the fact that we now have access by what? Faith. All right? By faith. All right? Access to his grace, all right, comes by faith. Okay? And as we think about, like, what are we actually putting our faith in? All right? We're, we're, We're putting our faith in Christ, like the completed work of Christ. We're putting our faith in the fact that, yes, we are sinful. Yes, we deserve death. We deserve this punishment. We deserve the penalty of death. Okay? But Jesus, being sinless and the perfect Lamb of God, like He's able to go to the cross and He's able to take that punishment and that penalty for us. Okay? And so, like, through faith in that, all right, we have access to His grace. All right? realizing that like it was nothing that we did nothing that we earned nothing that we we got anything involved in it was all Jesus it was an act of him going to the cross willingly laying down his life like that act like we have our faith in it. we have access to his grace because of our faith in that okay and so we see we have access to his grace and we are now standing in his grace Okay, I'm extremely thankful that he added that. Okay, because what we oftentimes take for granted or forget is the fact that when I put my faith in Jesus, like you know what you know what didn't happen. I, I did not become sinless. I don't. I know that I'm probably the only one. All right, that that no one else in here is having this problem, but I still struggle with sin. Right. Like, as long as we have automobiles and we drive on roads, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to continue to struggle with sin. Uh, as long as there are on-ramps onto the highway, like, I'm going to struggle when I get behind somebody that's not speeding up to merge onto the highway, okay? Pet peeve of mine, I'm sorry. Uh, but anyway, like, like, as long as there's things, like, there's so many things that can kind of set off Like the sin that's dwelling in us that is still, like, somewhat gripping us, okay? And we still struggle with sin. We still struggle with these temptations. We still struggle day in and day out. But listen, like, when he went to the cross and did what he did, okay, and then we put our faith in that, like, that wasn't the end, thank the Lord. Like, that wasn't it, all right? Yes, we were forgiven from that point. And we were, we're forgiving from that point on. We have access to His grace. We're standing in His grace now. Okay? Every single day, I still have access to His grace because I understand something. I understand that I, apart from Him, will never be sinless. I will never be perfect. I will never add up, all right, to being perfect or being Jesus. But. Because of what He has done, I am forgiven. I, I've, I've been given something I didn't deserve. That's what grace is. I'm, I've been given something I did not deserve, and every day I'm given forgiveness that I don't deserve, right? Because I'm standing in His grace and what He's accomplished. Okay, and so that's and another incredible just awesome thing that we have been given and one of those implications that we see uh, from being justified in faith. And thankfully, we are able to stand in His grace. The third one that we'll see at the end of verse 2 says, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. How, how, how sad would it be if all we had to look forward to was sin, death, and eternity without God, right? That's a pretty, that's a pretty grim future. That's a pretty disturbing um, future, right? That's, that's something that's not exciting to think about. It's not exciting to look forward to. But we have a lot to be thankful for. We can celebrate and rejoice because now we are being we are being made more and more like Jesus. Okay, if if, if you've put your faith in Christ, something has began to happen in you. Like you know, like we we're just talking about how we still struggle with sin; we're still not perfect. But day by day, as we try our best to walk with the Lord day by day, slowly but and surely, like we're being made more and more and more like Christ. There's, there's this process going on within us, okay, where we are being made more and more like Christ. But we're not going to fully see it. We're not going to fully be there until we go be with Him, right? Until eternity. Until we are with the Lord. And that's the hope that he's speaking, we rejoice in this hope. It says, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, right? That's what we're, that's what we're striving, that's what we all desire. If, as if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Jesus, like what your desire is, is that, man, hopefully one day I can be more and more like Jesus until I am sinless. Like, I, I don't enjoy falling short of the glory of God. I don't enjoy sin being in my life. I don't enjoy those things okay i I feel conviction right when i sin i don't i don't I'm not happy about it, right because I'm being more made more and more like jesus all right and ultimately, like the glory of God, the glory that was within him, like ultimately we're going to see that one day we'll we'll be that will be fulfilled one day all right when we're with him in eternity all right so we we rejoice in the hope that we have in the glory of God fourthly this is a fun one in verse 3 it says not only that but we rejoice in our sufferings All right, rejoice in sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Spirit who has been given to us. So we rejoice, we're able to rejoice in sufferings, all right? As we've been justified in faith, we're able to rejoice in suffering. Now, how many would raise their hand right now and just be, yes, I can't wait to suffer some more, like suffering is so great. Anybody? Any takers? No. Suffering is not fun. Like, we, we still don't enjoy suffering, okay? Suffering's not fun. Nobody, nobody enjoys pain. Nobody enjoys sorrow, right? Nobody really enjoys those things. But listen to what he's saying. We rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. Character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. So there's there's more to it than just us not like loving suffering. Like none of us are signing up for our next opportunity to suffer. But you know what many of you would testify? Is that when you the last time you were going through suffering, or maybe you're going through some suffering right now, that man, does it not bring you closer to the Lord? Does does suffering not once again give you a refreshed hope in the Lord, right? Does does suffering not again push you like to leaning on, trusting, right? Putting your faith in the Lord more than you would had you not been suffering, right? Most of us that's gone through suffering on this side of our salvation have, like that would be our testimony. We've experienced that, okay? Okay. Believe, whether we're a believer or not, right? we're going to experience suffering. But the believer can rejoice. The believer can rejoice. Because we know God is using that suffering to strengthen us, to give us endurance and character, to make it until we are called home, until we are with Him in eternity. You know, there was a uh, article that I, I read uh, earlier this week. And, you know, unfortunate thing in the article is some, someone had passed away. And one of the comments that someone had made on the article was, um, you know, basically, well, God has called her home, and we can be thankful for that. And then someone else commented just below it about, you know, Something to the effect of, it it has nothing to do with God. Um, I I don't believe in God. It is it is you know it, I don't believe in a God that can cause or that allows this much suffering. Okay, and um, you know that that is a a made up figure was the the blunt of what she had to say, and you know it just reminded me when when, she, when when the statement was made all right that that it was an imagine, he god is an imaginary figure then it remind like what she had said about i can't believe in a god that allows suffering right we're 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 not only allowed suffering but we're promised you know it, scripture makes it clear like we're going to experience suffering okay we're it's going to happen like it's it's coming whether we want it to or not. Okay, so the made up part, all right, the imaginary part was was a God without suffering. Like if if she had spent any time in His Word, she realized like there was never a promise for not not having experiencing suffering. Okay, like it's something that we are like it's guaranteed, right? But we can rejoice in it because let me tell you something else. I I have met like some of the. Like most rock star in my mind, believers that I have met, like man, they have suffered greatly. Right? I think about um, one of the guys we did a missions trip with. He was he's a, a pastor in his country, and man, the stories. He spent time in prison for his faith. Um, he his his wife deserted him and um, disowned him and divorced him because of his faith when he refused to denounce his faith. Um, so that he could be released from prison. Um, but you want to talk about one of the most uh, just on fire, one of the most um, encouraging, one of the most excited, smiling, just loving life guys I've ever met in my life? It, it was him, right? And he had suffered some great losses, all right? He had suffered greatly. But man, was he on fire for the Lord. He could not wait to tell everyone that he had the opportunity to about Jesus, all right? He was a rock star for the faith. He is in my mind. like just loves the Lord. He, I mean, just the, there's no telling how many people that this guy has led to faith in Christ, right? And it's, I mean, it's because of the suffering that he's dealt with that the Lord has just used in his life to build up endurance and character in his life so that he's, man, he's on fire for the Lord, okay? There's, I mean another guy I know he he has spent he spent time in prison right for his faith and and man, you want to talk about like just always a smile on his face, never a bad day, like just always excited to see you and encourage you and just man, another rock star for the faith. he has suffered for his faith, spent years in prison and and dealt with some some terrible things because of his like because of his faith. Right? He I mean he some persecution, some severe persecution beatings and things like that. Like he suffered like we wouldn't even realize or understand a lot of us. But man, he's on fire for the Lord. He loves the Lord. Why? Because what is being said right here is true. Suffering produces in us endurance and character. All right. And it helps us cross the line, the finish line well. It helps us to to live out our faith and, and live out the gospel. As we've been called to. So it's kind of critical for us whether we look forward to it or not. Okay? And we can rejoice even when we're in the middle of suffering because we know ultimately, like, whatever is going on here one day, that's going to be over. And for us that have faith in Christ, like, we're going to be with Him for eternity. All right? So we can rejoice. We can rejoice. So the fifth thing that we're going to see as so we look at the end of chapter, or verse 5, it says, Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us? So the fifth one we see is the Holy Spirit. It reminds me of what Jesus tells us in John chapter 14, verse 26 says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name... He will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance all that I have said to you. You know, as, as Jesus makes that promise to his disciples in John 14 there about the, the coming of the Holy Spirit, you know, they're struggling. Like Jesus has, has, basically let them know a couple times, like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to the cross, right? I, I you know, like he predicts his death several times and they're, they're not really liking this. Like, how are they going to do this without him? Right? How are they going to know what to do? How are they going to know where to go? How are they going to know how to live for Christ? How are they going to know what to do in this situation, in that situation? The whole time they've been leaning on Jesus. He's been right there with them. Okay? So the question remains the same for us. Like, How are we going to live out our salvation? How are we going to live out our faith? How are we going to live for Jesus? Well, the Holy Spirit. All right? The Holy Spirit. And so this is another incredible gift that we see, another incredible benefit to being justified by faith is we receive the Holy Spirit. We've not been left here alone. We have a helper that lives inside of us and dwells with us that helps us live for God and to know what to do and when to do it. See, oftentimes we we don't really like to talk a whole lot about the Spirit, right? It makes us a little bit uncomfortable. Right? We're afraid that we, we might begin to fall out on the floor and speak foreign languages and things like that. We don't we don't really like to get too deep into the spirit. Okay? But the reality is, is what Ephesians chapter one says in verse thirteen and fourteen. It says, In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of His glory. You know how you know you're saved? You know how you know that you've got faith in Christ? According to Ephesians 1, it's the Holy Spirit. It says, when you put your faith in Him, we're sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. All right. That's, that's the guarantee of your salvation is the Holy Spirit that lives in you and dwells inside of you, okay? So without the Holy Spirit, we, we're not there, right? We're not there. Matter of fact, I uh, saw another article this week uh, that was put out by, the, I think it was the Gospel Coalition put it out, talking about the fact that 50, so, 58% of professing Christians in America don't necessarily believe in the Holy Spirit. 58%. Now, I understand when they use the term Christians, there's a lot of people in that category, okay? But many of them do not believe in the Holy Spirit. What? What do you mean? What do you mean? It reminds me of uh, in Acts 19, Paul meets this group of believers in Ephesus, right? And he asked them, he said, hey, have you received the Holy Spirit? And they said, we hadn't even heard of the Holy Spirit. And he said, well, what were you baptized into then? Like, what what was the point of your baptism? Like, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, like what, what, what did you do? Right, it was is mind blowing to think that you can have some kind of faith without the Holy Spirit. This is why it's so critical, believers, that we know our Word, that we spend time in our Word. I mean, as I read things that people and I hear things that people believe in today's world, it is mind blowing that someone that can be professing to be a Christian, to be a Christ follower, can fall for these things or fall for these beliefs. And it just simply goes down to they do not know what they believe, they do not know the Word. They do not spend time investing in how they can actually and truly follow after Jesus and what He said, right? He says, you know, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments, right? Like, how are we going to know what His commandments are if we're not spending time in His Word? It's easy to say, I don't want to go to hell and I'm a Christian. Right? That's That's easy to say. But it's... It's not genuine. Right? It talks about justified by faith, receiving the Holy Spirit, the Spirit that will help you and that will teach you. I know that we open this Word up sometimes and I'm like, what did I just read? Man, that was confusing. I need some help with that. Right. And there's places you can go and get some help with that. But you can also keep reading. The Holy Spirit will begin to show you things as you read His Word. It'll begin to put pieces together for you that you had no idea were there before. You can read the same passage twenty times and on the twentieth time get something new you didn't see before. It's living and it's active. Okay? It was given to us to teach us, all right, to help us to understand who the lord is and what he's about and how we can live for him and when somebody says something that doesn't line up we can easily identify that as false teaching and it all works together the holy spirit is the guarantor of our salvation it's also our helper all right we're dependent on the holy spirit to know his word to know how to live for Him. And we must devote time to His Word. The sixth thing that we're going to see in verses 6 through 11, follow along with me. Listen carefully, this is good. For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by death of His Son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by His life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. So the sixth one that we see is we can rejoice in reconciliation. All right? We've been reconciled to God through faith in order for us to understand how amazing a gift this reconciliation is again we have to look back we must understand where we stood before okay verse 6 explains that we were ungodly okay calls us ungodly verse 8 says still sinners verse 9 Awaiting for God's wrath. Verse 10, enemies. Colossians 1, and 22 says, And you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil, evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. So we were alienated, hostile, evildoers, okay? All of these things describe us prior to us having faith in Christ. But now, after being reconciled to God through the blood of Jesus, okay? We need to understand that. We understand that remember sin has a penalty. Alright. And we, we saw an example of this in the Old Testament. Remember, they had to they, they had to make sacrifice, animal sacrifices for sin. Blood had to be shed in order for sin to be paid for. Right? And then Christ shows up and he goes to the cross and his blood was shed in order for our sin to be paid for finally. Okay? Completely. Alright? And now that we've been reconciled to God through his blood we see that we have been made holy and blameless okay awaiting his glory as we talked about earlier John 1 calls us his children sons and daughters Hebrews 10 tells us now that we can be we can be we can draw near to God as we were alienated previously. We have peace with God. And we've been saved for good works. And all of that is possible because we've been reconciled to God through the blood of Jesus. Okay? It's, it's no, again, nothing that we've done. In verse 8, it says, But God shows His love for us. Who, who shows His love? God shows His love for us. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And verse 10 says, if, for, if while we were enemies, we're made reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by His life. So we can rejoice in the reconciliation. Because now we have been brought back. Alright, remember, as a matter of fact, Paul's gonna go on in the second part of this uh chapter to explain that what happened in the garden, all right, with Adam and how death was brought in through Adam and what took place in the garden has now been righted by Christ, okay? And so the the what was meant to be then is now made to be again because of the blood of Jesus, all right? We can now spend an eternity with Him. We can now be forgiven. We can now not have to pay the penalty that we owe. So we got a lot to be thankful for. We have an awesome God we have an amazing God that has an amazing love that we just cannot comprehend. And so as we close this morning, I just want us to ask ourselves, have we been justified by faith? Have, have we been justified by faith and by faith alone? Right? And, and, and when I ask that, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this, okay? If we have put our trust in anything that we've done, then we have not been justified by faith. All right, there there is no act that we have done that has brought us to salvation. Right, we we may have walked an aisle, all right, during an event or a or a Sunday service. Right, we may have have prayed a prayer. At a, at a youth event. We may have done some kind of act, right? We, we may have made the statement, oh, I'm, I believe. But are we justified by faith? Do we have a genuine faith in Christ, and Christ alone? And, and, and when I say that, what I'm saying is, is my salvation simply based on what Jesus has done? Nothing that I've done, but simply that Jesus has called me and I have put my faith and my trust in Him. And I believe that nothing I bring to the table has saved me, but what Jesus did on the cross has saved me. And now I've been reconciled to God. Now I've been brought back to Him. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, I can now live for Him. And so, as we close, let's pray. And we are going to just ask God to just help us to know without a shadow of a doubt that we have put our faith and our trust in Him and have been justified by faith. And let's pray. Father. We want to thank you for what you've done. Lord, what an awesome list of things that we have seen this morning. Lord, this is not all that you have done, but Lord, it's certainly an amazing list of things that you have done, amazing gifts that you've given to us, Lord, um, that we didn't deserve. Lord, the first one being the sacrifice that Christ made on the cross, Lord, just we can't comprehend it. It just doesn't make sense. Your word even mentions that some of us may may be willing to lay our life down for a good person. But while we were enemies and sinners, Lord, you laid down your life so that we may be saved. And so, Father, I pray this morning as we close, Lord, that you would, um, Lord, just... Help each and every person in this room to know without a shadow of a doubt that they have a genuine faith in You and what You've accomplished. And Lord, none of what they believe about their salvation is tied up in any work or any act, but simply in what You accomplished and what You've done. And Father, I pray that each and every one of us be surrendered Lord, to you. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.